So there's a uh, passage in the Old Testament of the Bible that I think describes how many times we raise questions about the mysteries of God. And it's embedded in the story of Job, who was going through a hellacious time, and as Job is wrestling with God, his friends don't seem to be a great support. But So they have this conversation, and in Job 22 it says, Is not God in charge when he sits in the heights of the heavens? He runs the universe. The stars act as evidence to that. Yet you dare to raise the question, what does God know? From that distance and darkness, how can he judge? He roams the heavens wrapped in clouds, so he stays hidden from us. So how can he see us as he goes about his business in some place we can't even fathom? It seems like the same questions that they were asking thousands of years ago are the same questions that we still have today. Is God really up there? If he is, does he care? Does he actually hear our prayers? Does he respond? Prayer is one of the biggest mysteries of the Christian faith. And the power of prayer is a mystery to anybody who has ever experienced it. And yet everybody tries to analyze it and talk about it and break it down and explain it and rationalize it. But what if you can't explain the unexplainable? What if instead of trying to explain it, what if we just embrace it? Does that work for you? To just embrace the mystery of it? The wonder of it? To just be able to stand in awe of it? Morning, y'all. It's good to be back with you. I uh, miss you people when I'm gone, although I can't for the life of me remember why. But, um, you know, for those of us who, uh, you know, can't even, like, do two things at once, we were all standing in awe of Michael playing the mandolin and kicking the drum at the same time. That was, like, ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, you can clap for that. That was good. No, I, uh, man, I just love being here, and uh, I hate it whenever business takes me away from here because uh, this is such an important part of my life and um, my week, and um, my favorite thing is just to go to church here, so I'm always grateful for this place, and every time I go away, it makes me love you even more. So, um, Today, we are uh, starting a new series called Wrestling with God, and um, it's a series that We've been doing once every now and again for the last 17 years because most of the time, as I say, I preach to myself, and if you people get anything out of it, well, good for you, but uh, it's mostly for me, and um, I find myself wrestling with God on many occasions, and um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not somebody who finds faith easy, and um, this Christianity thing is very hard for me, and it you know, while it's never easy, 
sometimes it does feel like you're like in an out-and-out war. Like you really are wrestling with God about certain things. And so for the next three or four weeks, um, we're going to just focus in on a few things that we feel like that we wrestle with. And it's certainly not an exhaustive list, but it's certainly things that I think are interesting to talk about and have an honest conversation about. And so if you're looking for any answers, I got nothing for you, but we'll have some good conversation. Um, So... You know, I don't know about you, but one of the most difficult aspects to the Christian faith for me is this whole idea about uh, prayer. Um, I don't feel like I'm a good prayer. Um, I don't feel like I'm diligent about my prayer life, and it's something that I have struggled with all of my life. It's not something that comes naturally to me. I've said this. It's no secret. I'm a very ADD person. I I'm typically shaking my way through life in some capacity, and so to sit still and to know that he is God is very difficult. Um, and so prayer is, is, is a concept that it's hard for me to, uh, again, just to, to practice in my own life. And it's such a, prayer is such a seemingly absurd and yet, comforting concept all at the same time, that when we're in trouble, or we need to ask for something, or we really want something, or we're seeking direction, or if we just want to talk, right, that somehow we can just speak our words into the air, and we're told that there is a God who is Big enough to not only answer our prayers, but he cares enough to listen, and he actually is capable of giving us a personal response to each and everything that we talk about in our prayer. And that is billions of people on this earth. So if we're honest with each other, I have to believe that if we're sitting down just kind of talking truthful about it, it does seem a little strange doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough concept that, that we're to talk to this person who we've never seen before, who, by the way, just happens to be the creator of the universe, which is not just a little, a little bit intimidating. And we're supposed to tell the creator of the universe our deepest secrets, our greatest struggles, and even our darkest sins to this invisible being we call God. It's tough. And yet, I think that if I were to go around the room and ask every single person in this room whether you believe in prayer or not, I would guess 90% or so would say, yeah, I believe. But if we're honest, even those of us who believe have a tough time not at least asking the question at some point, does my prayer actually make it through the ceiling? The concept of prayer, I think, eludes many of us because it's so hard for us to get our hands around what it looks like. And we ask, is there a right way or is there a a wrong way or do I have to pray a certain way in order for God to hear me? I know that I've heard some Christians say that there have to be particular elements to a 
prayer in order for God to hear you or for it to be a proper prayer. And, and some people would say that God didn't answer your prayer because you didn't pray with enough faith. You didn't have enough faith when you prayed, and so therefore God didn't answer your prayer. Or perhaps you didn't ask correctly. Maybe you didn't start out your prayer by saying, O oh Lord, or end with Amen. Or have enough these or thous in the middle. And for all you peekers out there who have a hard time keeping your eyes closed, does prayer really take if your eyes are open? Can you imagine if the person who is on their deathbed prays to God for healing and they die? And then stand before God, and as God walks over, he's just kind of shaking his head and says, you know, I really wanted to save your life, but you just didn't pray properly. It wasn't correct, and so I'm sorry. There was just nothing I could do. (laughs) I don't know a lot about God, but I do know he's bigger than that. So the thing that I've discovered is that in those uh, times that I finally just shut up long enough to show up and pray, something happens that I can't quite explain. Something ignites inside of me, and it's like somebody flips on the switch to my soul, and there is this spiritual awakening that occurs. And it's not rational. It's not explainable. It's not logical. But to me, it's real. And it's a meaningful part of my life. I'm not one who believes that you can explain everything in the Christian faith. In fact, I I truly believe that you can explain very little. Um, But prayer is just one of those things to me that is just a mystery. And it's like we're almost faced with a choice, right? We can either embrace the mystery of it, the spirituality of it that is unexplainable, or we can just shut down the spiritual part of our life and ignore it. And act like what I can see and touch and hear and feel are the things that are the most important and We just walk away from the whole spiritual side because I'm telling you, there's no logical way to explain any of it. So, rather than trying to explain anything to you this morning, which I'm not, I just want to share with you a couple of things that I've learned about prayer that are the most important things that, when I don't feel like praying, are the couple of things that inspire me the most about prayer. And they're very simple concepts, but I think that if we can embrace them, it can change the way that we view prayer. And the first one is this. Prayer is the place where we meet God. Prayer moves us into the very presence of God. It reminds us that we're living our lives in the presence of a God who is alive and well, and he very much wants to be a part of our lives. 
And I know that we think that in these moments that we encounter God, that they should be big and and wonderful and life-changing. But the truth is, God doesn't really operate that way. There's a story in the Old Testament of the Bible that deals with a, a prophet by the name of Elijah. And there was, these, there was a group of people that wanted to kill him because of his faith and because he was an annoying little prophet. And God must have known that Elijah needed a little inspiration to be able to get the strength that he needed. And so in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, it says, The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Wow, can you imagine God saying that to you? I mean, that's like incredible. What an incredible opportunity that he's finally going to get to see God face to face. And I'm so he's, I'm sure he's really pumped up. But I'm sure he's like really full of questions like, I wonder what God really looks like, right? I mean, wouldn't you think that? Like, is he as big as this mountain or is he little like a Yoda? Is he like, have a white beard or, you know, or is he maybe just, maybe we're thinking about him all wrong. He's just like this kind of white light or something. And, you know, I'm sure he's going through all of this. And as he steps out into the front of this cave and he's waiting to be wowed by God himself. And it goes on and it says, and then all of a sudden, a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains They tore them apart and shattered their rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, He pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then he heard a voice say to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? So Elijah, he's waiting for this big thing, right? He's waiting for this big God moment. And sure enough, man, this strong wind blows in and like boulders are exploding. And I'm sure he's saying, yeah, this feels like God to me. God is here. But God wasn't in the wind. And then all of a sudden the earth just starts moving and you can just hear his thought going, wow, God must be really big because as he's walking, the whole earth is like shaken. God is coming. But God wasn't in the quake. And then there was this intense fire. And I'm sure as he's feeling the heat, he goes, man, God has to be in this. But God was not in the fire. And so God did all of these big and wonderful things, but he wasn't in any of it. And after all all this big stuff, after all this big production, it was like a hush falls over the entire earth. And suddenly everything gets so quiet. In verse 12 it says, And there came a gentle whisper. 
And Elijah knew he was standing in the presence of God. And he did not feel worthy in that moment. And so he covered his face so that he couldn't see the face of God. And as God was passing by, he stops long enough to just to whisper this thing, to say his name, Elijah. What are you doing here? I think we look for God in all the wrong places. We want God to be what we want him to be. We want God to do what we want him to do. We want the big and miraculous. We want proof. Believe me, I do too. We want God to make it obvious and easy for us, right? But that's not the way God works. How long has it been since you just stopped? No TV, no radio, no people, no kids, no books. You just stop and sit in the quiet of the moment. When's the last time you just watched the sun slowly fade into the western sky? Or listen to the song of the morning dove before you leave for work. I love a song by my favorite band. It talks about looking around and then all of a sudden you realize, I am not magnificent. There is something so much bigger than me out there. You really think you can find God in the chaos of your life? I can tell you for me, I always look for God in the next big deal, or the next big exciting business thing. But he's not there. You may look for God in all the excitement of whatever's next for you in your life, but he ain't there. It's in those quiet moments when we just shut up long enough and we show up in a spiritual moment where you just sit in the quietness and you listen and you can hear God whisper your name and say, what are you doing here? What's this life all about? What's the point? How are you spending your days? There's a lot of us that know a lot about God, but there's more of us that have never experienced God. And it's prayer that ushers us into the presence of God. The second thing I just want us to remember is that prayer gives us the strength that we need to finish the journey. One of the most mysterious prayers that occurs in the Bible 
was a prayer that Jesus prayed just before he died. And I have to tell you, it's probably my favorite passage in the Bible, just in the dark beauty of it or in just the meaning of it for me. Jesus was, he was stressed out beyond belief. And like any of us, he was feeling incredibly distraught over the imminence of his death. And this was a death where he was about to be tortured and beaten within an inch of his life and nailed to a cross where he would take his last breath. And he doesn't want to endure it. He doesn't want to go through with it. And in Luke 22, it says that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. And on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and he prayed and he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. I find it interesting that in the darkest moment of Jesus' life, he prays. I mean, he's Jesus, son of God and all that. Why would he need to pray? It's as we understand that in that moment, he was fully human, just like you or me. And in fact, in the account that was written in the Gospel of Matthew, it quotes Jesus as saying in this moment that my soul is deeply grieved even to the point of death. It was like the very life was being sucked out of him, and it was such an oppressive moment where he was just feeling just completely devastated. You ever feel like that? Where everything just hits you all at once, and you feel like you just can't go on? Like you can't get out of bed in the morning, and you just can't take that next step to start the next day? You feel like you just don't have enough strength to get through what you have to get through? In that moment, Jesus knew he didn't have the strength to do it on his own. And if the Son of God realizes that he can't do it on his own, what makes you think that you can Jesus knew what he was about to endure. But that doesn't mean he wanted to go through it. And so he prays. And he prays. And he prays. Father, if there's any way for us to bring salvation to mankind, if there's any way where we can bring forgiveness and grace to this world without me going to the cross, I don't want to do it. Just tell me what the other option is. And yet, he says, Not my will, but yours be done. And then in verse 43, it says something miraculous. As Jesus is in the middle of this prayer, 
an angel from heaven appears to him and strengthens him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. It's the dark beauty of it. But what I love the most about that is that God sent him like this angel in the midst of his pain so that he could find the strength to finish the journey. That is about as irrational and mysterious and unexplainable of a concept that you could ever imagine. But you know something? I believe it. I went through something very similar. It was the darkest moment of my life. And it was in that moment that I felt God like I'd never had before. I would describe one of the worst moments of my life as being one of the most holy moments because in that moment, something happened. Something indescribable. Something unexplainable. And I felt the presence of God so deeply that I felt he was right there next to me. And I can't prove it. I don't have any video of it. But I embrace the wonder of it. I have to tell you that the older that I get, the more I understand just how difficult this life really is and how hard it is. And when we go to God in our weakest moments, somehow he miraculously gives us the strength that we need to finish the journey that's in front of us. Look, here's the bottom line. God, as we are told in the Bible, he hears our prayers as they are. Not because they sound good, or because we've studied theology or that we know the scriptures forward and backwards, God hears everyone's prayers the same. And he could care less about how good of a prayer you are. He just wants to hear your heart. The only criteria that God has of us is that when we show up to pray, is that it is authentic and it is real. Prayer moves us from the rational to the relational. It takes us beyond just talking about God and it ushers us into the very presence of God. And when you pray, it doesn't need to be some big production or impressing your friends so that they think you're real spiritual. It doesn't even have to sound good. God just wants to hear prayers that are honest and real. But there have to be safe places in your life where you can have those quiet moments where you can show up in the quietness of the moment and you can regain your 
spiritual awakening where it's like someone flips on the switch to your soul and all of a sudden you know and you want to live differently you want to live passionately but it's only when we stop struggling on our own long enough that we can hear the still small voice of God whisper your name and say hey why are you here what are you doing how are you spending your days what are you living for And suddenly, in that moment, we get it. We are not as magnificent as we think we are. And there is so much more to this life than the way that we've been living. And it's in that moment that he gives us the strength that we need to finish the journey.